Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for letting us into your ears today. We're about to catch up with Sophia Carson. And she has a ton to say. She's a brand new album out. We're going to go through all of it. Plus, she's doing a lot of work. A, a lot of work to better our planet and to better our world, for girls in particular. But we're going to dive into that too and a whole lot more. So please, share our podcast with those you care about. Hit subscribe and yeah, enjoy it. I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Thanks for being here. Okay. Sophia Carson, let's dive in. Hello, beautiful human. <laughs> My name is Zach. That's Dan. And we welcome to the studio, Sophia Carson. <laughs> yes. In person. Hi, guys. <laughs> we have so much to discuss. We have so much to discuss. It's been how many years since I've seen you guys in person? I think it's going to age us if we say it. I know. <laughs> it, it feels weird because I... I, I I thought, like, I look at you and I go, oh, I, I've I seen you. I just saw you. I felt yes. the same thing when I saw you, yeah. I, I, like, you just, just a presence and a face that I've seen so many times. That's but true. But, and really, like, we've had great discussions, but all over the worst platform imaginable, <laughs> Zoom. I mean, it's a horrendous platform. We talked to you three times over Zoom. And then just you, three? That's it. I felt like it was way more. <laughs> But you also came through and you really helped us out. We did the St. Jude prom. Oh, we prom. did the St. Jude prom, yeah. That Thank you for that. Oh my God, of course. Really, truly. Like you, Always. We have a lot to dissect here, but first, congratulations on your debut album. That is so cool to hear you say that. <laughs> Thank you. It, has it like fully set in yet? Like have you- It's setting you, like, in. It's setting in. Actually, I just realized the first time I came to the studio was for my very first single. Wow. And now I'm here- debuting the album. When you say it like that, it just seems so simple. But the reality is there's been a lot of work between that first single and this yeah. moment right now. Yeah. As a person, and as an artist, I'm assuming you've evolved and changed. Like, do you think of the time, the, your first single release ever? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I have grown so much as a person and as an artist over these last couple of years, musically, artistically, personally as well, especially I would say the last two years have been a, a big period of growth for I think all of us. So to be able to put out this body of work is, um, it feels really special because even though I've done a lot over the last few years and I've been really lucky, I think it's like 10 singles, multiple soundtracks, Crazy collaborations. Crazy collaborations, Tiesto, et cetera. Making and writing my first album just feels different. It's it's like my heart, you know? Is the process different compared to what you were doing before in terms of creating? I guess it was just more time and more weeks spent in the studio because you had to create a whole body of work. And um, I think the biggest difference was, especially in the last two years, I really tapped into like the vulnerability and the honesty that I had kind of been scared to break into before. And um, I was really able to kind of bring that out of me and put these in the songs. Do you set goals or expectations before you start creating yeah. this body work? So I did. I wrote my first song when I was 10. Yeah. It was called Leave Me Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. Yeah, who's that to? I couldn't tell you because I had never... <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have a crush, but I um I always was fascinated with writing about love or heartbreak. And I knew that with my first album, I wanted to tell a story from start to finish, a story about love. So I kind of made this like movie in my head um, before I started the album writing process. And it was inspired in personal experiences and also in like the experiences of those closest to me. Interesting. And um, I told a story about a girl who falls into a love that was deceiving only to get shattered into pieces as love tends to do, but the story about a girl who survives. And so I wrote the album in chronological order and um, filled in the blanks of my story. Okay, so how does that work? Do you write out a story like in paragraph form and then apply songs to it? Do you know the story you're looking to tell and then write songs it's to It's interesting. It? I never wrote it down in paragraph form. I, I wrote a piece using all of the song titles after it was written, but beforehand I just had the story in my head. You mentioned a story being based off your own life. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself as the character? Do you rip, write from imagination? Like, how is it working? Before I would write from imagination, because I always struggled with talking about literal experiences. It was almost like it was just too raw. But in the process of writing this album, I was able to write about what had actually happened. So I do see myself as the character in the story. 
as you process the events that you're writing about, how, how does that work? How do you start to process? If you're ripping from your own mm-hmm. life and then exaggerating it or adding yeah. imagination to it, how does it start? It always starts with a word for me. Uh, based on the experience like there's a song called stay and it was what I wish that I had had the strength or the courage to tell the person that I was with that I wanted them to stay and so I wrote the word stay on my notes page and I walked into the studio kind of expressing what I wanted to write about and that's how it started or for instance he loves me but it was similar I wrote the words he loves me but and then I started writing some of the lyrics so for me it always comes with like words and poetry that stem from something that actually happened Louder is a song that, like, I, I mean, great record. Thank but you. Powerful lyrics. Yeah. Like, really incredible. Like, it, it, empowerment to the, the max. Thank if you. If I was a man, then you, you would, would understand. understand. Like, how does a record like that begin? I had the honor of collaborating with two incredible female songwriters, Alita and Paris, and they began writing the song via Zoom, which to me blows my mind. I was lucky that I was able to write the majority of this record in person. And um, this song as women is so real and so raw and so true to the experience of all women around the world if I was a man then you would understand and just the the sentiment saying I was made to be loud because for so long women have been silenced and so this song kind of started like that and then it became an anthem for women and it's dedicated to all the women of the world and all of the voices of change who are at the forefront of history literally history is being made right now yeah. By young women. I mean, we're about to bring in a, a brand new Supreme Court judge. Exactly. The Supreme Court's been around 233 yeah. years, and there's never been a black woman who's uh, sit on the bench, even about nominated. Time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. In the best possible way. So yeah. female empowerment is such a through line to who you are, mm. right? Like you, yeah. speaking of government, just for the quick second, like you wrote a very strongly worded op-ed, yeah, a letter Congress, that yeah. yeah that brought about real change. Can you explain to me what the 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 Keep Girls in School Act is? Yeah, thank you for asking about that. Um, like you said, and I think that's why Loud was so special is because it felt like a marriage of who I am in my heart mm. and who I am as an artist. And to me, my mom raised me. You guys haven't met my mom, but you guys would love her, and you have to next time. Please. She raised me and my sister to believe that you know, to be a woman is to be synonymous with strength. That's why I sometimes hate, and I, I say it myself too, because it's, you know, the phrase strong woman implies that there's such a thing as a weak woman. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. It's not true. In following my mom's example, and she also raised me to believe that the greatest thing that I could do with my voice is to give, um, I have dedicated my voice and everything that I do, even my art, to doing that, to to protecting the girls of the world. So the Keeping Girls in School Act is... It's an unfortunate reality that there's over 130 million girls around the world who aren't in school, who have been denied their voice, denied their right to an education, and essentially denied a future. And as a UNICEF ambassador, I've traveled and I've seen, you know, people always say that education changes lives, but Mm. I've seen it literally physically save a life. And so going to school for girls is so much more than just getting an education. It's about literally saving their lives. And so the Keeping Girls in School Act will help to break down the barriers that girls face, especially in third world countries to accessing an education, child marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it's, you know one of the most important things that we should be talking about right now. Oh, totally. And by the the most important point that you just hit is like, it's more than an education. It's safety and security. Security. It's life. It's a future, but it's also safety in the present. Absolutely. You ever think about running for office in the future? (laughs) You're so sweet. There's a friend of mine who always jokes Sophia for president. I think it may (laughs) happen one day. You guys are too kind. But were you always loud or is there a defining moment in your life where you realized you had to be? That's a great question. And it's funny because at least in my household of the women in my family, like my mom and my sister are louder than me in terms of like volume. Like they were always. (laughs) Like actual volume. Actual volume. (laughs) uh, I've always been kind of an introvert. That first line, confrontation never has been my strength, has always been my reality. But I always knew who I was. I was and what I stood for, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I was never uh, not confident, but confrontation and sometimes voicing that I struggled with. And um, I remember being in the industry in the very beginning. Um, I was sent roles or I was sent songs that weren't in line with who I was, whether it was derogatory towards women or it was too sexual. Just bottom line, just wasn't who I was. And I would say no to them, even if they would offer me quick fame. And um, it was not understood by the men in the industry and I was considered 
difficult until over time it became admirable and respectable to be a woman who stood for what she believed in. And that's when I realized that that is my way of being loud. It's not being the noisiest person in the room, but it's being true to who I am in my heart Mm. and fearlessly doing that and fearlessly defending that. For as long as you can remember, have you always been true to yourself? Have you ever dabbled outside of that and made you realize that it was the wrong decision and to come back to being who you are and following your gut? You know, I think... I've been really careful about the decisions that we've made in my career and um, I'd like to say that I think everything has been true to who I am. I think there have been probably personally times in my life where maybe you kind of steer slightly away from you don't listen to your gut and then you're like I should have listened to my gut. My gut knew it all along. But I think in my career we've um, I think I'm pretty proud to say that I think everything has felt pretty true to who I am. It's scary sometimes to follow your gut. It's terrifying. Because like it's it's sometimes easier to just go with what somebody else is saying because it's lack of accountability. Absolutely. But the reality is like it's most likely the wrong decision. Absolutely. What was the hardest song for you to finish on this album? Loud was a really emotional song and also a very vocally challenging one. So I remember that being um, a challenging but really emotional recording session. Still love you. I wrote mm. six years ago. Whoa. I wrote after Descendants 2 came out, like a long, long, long time ago. And then I had the original vocal on it for a long time, and then I re-recorded the vocal last fall. Why'd that song come back? What was it about that record that was still relevant today, as have, relevant it was It's know, a great question. I remember when I wrote that record, I fell in love with it. And, um, you know, things happened, and I was releasing other songs, but I, I kind of still had that record in the back of my mind. And when I was writing the album, I was like, this is perfect this is perfect for this story. Like this happened. And you know, it's from that moment that you wish you had told the person that you loved, I still love you. So I did it in this song. And um, when I listened to it again, back in the fall, when we were putting it all together, I was like, we need to put this on the record. And I'm so happy it's there. Does it take on new meaning to you now than it did before? Does it mean something new? It means exactly the same. And it takes me back to that moment in time. Do you wish that you said those words to them? I do. Still? Yeah. Do you ever think about what could have been if you did? Sometimes. Sometimes. I feel like in my music, like I'm sure every artist in the world, um, it's so incredibly healing to say those words out loud. Because I have always been very protective of my heart and scared of being really vulnerable. And so I wouldn't say something like stay or I still love you because I'd be scared that it would break my own heart if they didn't. Um, So I would write it in a song instead. See, like, I, I understand that, that con, like, the, the, the thought process yeah. of, like, being afraid to say something. But what hurts more? Being told that they don't love you, too, or just harboring these emotions forever and ever, not knowing what could have been? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that after that experience, I remember feeling that I had broken my own heart. Wow. If that makes sense. And the whole time you were afraid of somebody else doing it. Exactly. Exactly. What was the hardest song to share? I, I would say probably Still Love You and Stay. Stay was is also really a, a really emotional one, and I got to write that um, at Max Martin Studio with Rami and Johan at Sick. Frank Sinatra's old studio, and um, I remember the recording process for that song. I I was singing for hours and hours, and it's a really emotional song. At the very end of the night, it was like midnight, and my voice was kind of hoarse and a little bit tired. And Rami was like, "Okay, I think we got it." And I was like, "No, actually, I want to go back and re-record the verses with like my voice kind of breaking, because um, I really wanted to bring to life like." that feeling of being broken. Something that you really can't fake and just needs to be there. Exactly, exactly. So wh- how does that song begin? Is it fresh? Is it uh, imagination? Is it? No, that one's real. Yeah. Yeah. So do you experience this and immediately write about it? Do you experience it and like marinate in it? Recently I've been able to experience and immediately write about it, which is really therapeutic. But before, when I was a bit more closed off still, I, I started writing Stay and I didn't even know what I was writing about. Mm. until I finished the song and I was like oh this is what it was about of course but in the moment it was like I had this block to my emotions that I I didn't know what I was saying and then I finished the song and I was like oh and my sister heard and she was like I'm sure if they hear it they'll know what you're talking about (laughs) wow yeah do you want the person to know you know I've moved past that so you know it's okay if they don't but um they might know Mm. they might know 
Well, usually you're a very private person. How does it feel now finally like opening up and speaking about all this stuff? I mean, it's still, it's weird because it still feels private because I've always felt that in my music, like these emotions and these feelings are safe. Um, so it is definitely scary and vulnerable, but it's also really beautiful because like I've been releasing sneak peeks of these songs for the last 10 days. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I see people on TikTok doing videos to still love you or to stay or to any of those songs and um they tell me like how it seems like it's their story and it's kind of cool to feel like these songs aren't mine anymore like they're theirs and that they hear their story in mine when they listen to them you are telling your story from mm-hmm. top to bottom mm-hmm. and you set expectations and goals at the beginning of it so you set out wanting to tell your story or did it just start to present itself as you were going a combination I think now it is fully my story, but it started off as a movie in my head, partially based in reality. And um, then, you know, as time went on and experiences happened, it became my own. Do you see things as like a movie or a TV show? I've always seen them, especially my music, like a movie, even my music videos or every song, I kind of visualize it like a movie in my head. Louder. The music video is incredibly cinematic. Thank you. What is the process like? How does that come to life? For this album, I also wrote a visual story to go along with it because I've always loved Hmm. visuals and I like to think of my music as like movies. And um, the visual story is the five elements. So the first song, Fool's Gold, was Fire. The second song, He Loves Me But, was Earth, and Loud was Wind or Air, because it's dedicated to the winds of change, the voices of change. And I worked with the director, Yuri Schutzer, who did He Loves Me But with me, and we love working together. And um, we settled upon the concept of a butterfly, because I've always loved butterflies. My mom always called me her butterfly, and to me, the, the metaphor of a butterfly coming out of her cocoon felt like you know, the voices of women who are breaking free. And that was kind of where the concept was born. And um, we really wanted to, with all my music videos, I try to make like a marriage of art and music and pop um, and fashion. So it's always really fun to bring them to life. It's beautiful. Thank you. Why'd you wait so long to release a debut album? Because like you said, we've interviewed you a thousand times. I feel like it would have been out by now. And then it said, Sophia Carson, debut album. Like what, what what, why took, what took so long? It's a good question. I think it now was just the time, you know, the pandemic also allowed me for the first time to spend months and months and months on end in the studio. You know, before I was quite busy, even though I still was busy with films during the pandemic as well, I had a bit more time to just focus on music and really dive into this body of work. And I think as an artist, I've I had grown so much over the last couple of years. I think I was also now ready to write this story. And um, yeah, it's just like, I think now it's just meant to be. Do you ever think about just like focusing on one form of entertainment? <laughs> like, or are you the artist that you are because you do all of it? Like, could you get I the same product if you chose to like on just focus on music? Some days it feels like I don't, I'm like, I can't, I can't do all of this at once. I run enough hours in the day, but I really love it all. Like I, I love storytelling, whether that's like playing a character or you know, producing a film or writing a song. And I think you're right, I think maybe I am the artist that I am because I do love doing it all. Are you more comfortable playing a character or being yourself? It's less scary to play a character. Okay. Far less scary. But you do have to bring that character to life. Which also brings added pressures. But there's something about releasing music into the world that feels different than releasing a movie because in a movie, it's not just you, your name, your face, your heart, your song, your voices, your melodies. It's, you know, a whole production. It's a cast. It's directors. But when it's music, it's like, this is like my bare heart and soul for the world. And this album, there's not like a title to hide behind. Like the title is your name. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I chose that for that exact reason. I had, I had probably written 10 or more album titles since I was a little girl that I was going to name my first album. And I had one in mind that I thought it was going to be called. And then when we chose the album artwork and I was playing with the titles, none of it worked. Only my name. What, what was the title you were thinking about? I don't want to give it away in case I use it one day. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that you collected them from when you were a little kid. Oh, for years, for years. But it just felt like, okay, this is, this is me. This is my heart. This is Sophia. Therefore, it should be called Sophia. How's your childhood? in Florida reflected in the art that you create today? 
That's a great question. I mean, I would say my upbringing by my mom and the incredible examples in my life definitely formed who I am as a woman and um, the stories that I tell, um, the music that I listened to growing up and the women that I grew up listening to. Like when I would come home from school, I would watch Cher's concerts (laughs) and um, my mom would show me her movies and Barbara Streisand's movies and I think more so the artists that I am today was informed by that because they did it all. You know, they were musicians, but they were also actors and they were directors and producers and or like Audrey, who was a philanthropist. And so they were always kind of like my examples to follow. And, and by the way, like people who did it all, right? Like did Barbara Streisand is Trailblazers. equal parts a thespian, both yeah. screen and stage. Director. And also incredible. Yeah, yeah. Singer, director. Mm-hmm. I mean, God. Yeah, they kind of changed the way what it mean, what it was to be a woman in the industry. Yeah, and a performer, totally, yeah. totally, totally pushed yeah. those bounds. Mm. Also, on the record, your 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 roots, yeah, right. Like you speak Spanish on this album. Yes, I do. I've released two songs. I yes. was part of the Lion King soundtrack, <laughs> and sick. I did That's Circle right. of Life in Spanish, which is pretty crazy. Casual, super casual, super casual. <laughs> I still can't believe that happened. <laughs> but this is your own story this in Spanish. This is my Spanish. own song. Yeah, exactly. This is a beautiful song called Como, Cuando y Donde. And um, because this album is a reflection of who I am, and like you said, I was raised biculturally. I was raised speaking, writing, singing in Spanish and English. I needed to have a song in Spanish for this to be whole. Yeah. And not like Spanglish, not like no, full Spanish. Right. Full Spanish. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's... um. It's such a beautiful song. It's about that time, you know, when you can't sleep because, like, the thoughts are running through your mind of, like, how you lost them, where did they go, and where in the world are they that they aren't with me? Um, and that's kind of what Como Cuando y Donde means. Why was this the song to do in Spanish? The second I heard it, I didn't write the song. The okay. second I, it was played for me, I was just, like, in love with it. And it took me back to the songs that I grew up listening to when I was little in Spanish. It was a lot of like uh, rock bands from Spain who p- played and, and wrote a lot of ballads like this. It just kind of felt timeless and like this like tension that just carries through the whole song by that like pulsing piano chord. It's just like so beautiful. And um, the lyrics just stole my heart and it was just the perfect continuation of my story. Have you tried to write in Spanish? I started writing in English and Spanish at the same time. Oh, wow. The first song I wrote, I wrote in English, Leave Me Alone, and Spanish, They Hum in Paz. Oh, <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why have you waited to embrace that side of who you are until now? Um, I wouldn't say that I've waited to embrace it because I have released songs in Spanish in the past. Um, I your just own think... story in Spanish. I yeah. mean, this is not your own story, but yeah. it, you, it, you embody it so it does become yeah, a part of absolutely, it. absolutely, absolutely. I think with this album, it just it just felt like the like the time to to release my own solo song in Spanish. Sophia Carson, that is the title of this album. It is. There's uh, no mistaking it. No. <laughs> Who it belongs? And it's to. my face too. Yeah. <laughs> really close up. <laughs> it's awesome. Thanks. What what does that title translate to? I I I would. Como cuando y donde? Come on, Zach. I think I can translate it. Okay, I'll say it first. Wait, can, say, wait, can you say it again? Como. Como? Cuando? Cuando? Y donde? Y donde? It's like, uh, come here, where are you? Right? Or something? No. <laughs> where are you? Come, come here. here. Where are you? Como <laughs> means how. Uh. Cuando means when. Donde means where. It's interesting because when you write in both languages, there are certain sentiments that when expressed in Spanish just are expressed in the most romantic and beautiful way that doesn't really come across in English. So como, cuando y donde sounds really poetic in Spanish, but in English it's essentially how, when, and where, but it's like how you lost them, mm-hmm. when did they go, and where could they be type of thing. Do you feel that for anybody? Uh, I don't know. That must I, be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you Very know, spe- stress-free. Speaking of that, it's only love, nobody dies. There um, you go. <laughs> I think we all need to hear that. I mean, do you think heartbreak can kill you? Well, it that- can't. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I think heartbreak syndrome is a real thing. You can die from that. Give that a Google. I, I've heard of a lot of old well, people. Well, don't give it a Google because then it ruins the whole song. You're, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Don't Google it. I've heard of old- don't give it a Google. Okay. I won't Google it, but it is called broken. But are we? Tra- yes, but it won't kill you. It might feel like you might feel like you're dying, but you're not. And you're you know not. what? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Makes you stronger. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Kelly. All right. Thanks, um, Dan. Wait, so really brought it around there. <laughs> are we trying to downplay the importance of love in this song? No, it's not about downplaying the importance of love. It's about that exact sentiment where it feels like you're completely broken and you can't imagine a life without them, and that 
you perhaps like can't even go on, you're going to be okay. But if you don't find the person you love, are you really even living at all? That's beautiful. Think about it. Yeah. And the person who loves you, I think loves a two-way street. I'm right there with you. I mean, Dan, do you want me to repeat it? Because I think you can make a case against if you it. Ever, if you don't find the person you love, are you ever really living? I mean, I think so. I think life. so, too. It could also be an animal. Oh, God. That's true. You've had, have you had your heart broken? Yeah. And it feels like you're broken, like physically it hurts. Yes. But then you're here. You're okay. Yes, but I'm definitely scarred moving forward. Yes, but you survived. That is true. It's and you've scar. learned. And you're yeah. going to find the love that's meant for you. That's it. You know what I mean? Well, and I do think I try to rationalize those heartbreaks as yeah. like they just weren't right. Like Which that is person in, in the moment, it. it's like no one can make, can say anything to make it feel better. But yeah. then when you look back, perhaps there was a reason. Yeah. And they weren't really the person you're in love with anyway. That's true. How long do you give yourself to get over heartbreak? I th- it's funny. I think my sister told me that I think a therapist once told her that it like takes half the amount of time that you were with the person, like something like in, oh. like technically it actually takes that amount of time. <laughs> I think it just depends on the relationship, but yeah. time. And it's funny in stay, there's, there's this phrase about saying that in time you'll heal or you'll, you'll feel better off. And it's like in the moment, it's like, I mean, sure. But like, no, this really hurts. This really hurts right now, but it's true. Like time does heal. And then at one point, you wake up and you don't think about them anymore. It's wild. But it takes a second. But, but it is wild, isn't it? It's always been so interesting to me how like this person who could be your whole world all of a sudden is a stranger. 100%. Right? And I was severely, severely heartbroken by somebody years so and years sorry. and years ago. I mean, you know. It just sucks. Life. It does suck. But to be honest, it's true. Like it, it took me probably around half the time that I knew them, them to actually like to wake actually up and forget. Say, forget. Like, and not think about them. Totally. Yeah. And like even when they try to reach out, like not even acknowledge yeah. any sort they of They become response. unimportant. Yes. Yeah. Because you realize what life could be without them and, and so great. much more comes in. Exactly. So Timeless, what story are you telling with that song? So Timeless, I wanted to tell it was the story of in the beginning of love that immediately follows Fool's Gold. Mm. And it's like when it feels like for that moment it's your forever. life could stand the test of time. Oh! God, I hate that feeling. Because you then, know it's going to end. And then it's like, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Just kidding. That's a great moment to capture in a record. Thank you. Really? Thank you. I wrote that with Justin Tranter. So talented. Who's just incredible, who wrote a couple of the songs on the album with me, and he's just amazing. And it was a really fun day, because the song's kind of euphoric. It's like this retro celebration of that feeling where love is timeless. When it you does. feel that in the moment, yeah. it feels euphoric. Euphoric is the word. Yeah. Yeah. God, I just have gone through that feeling where I, I'm still in it, where I'm like, oh, this could be forever. <gasps> You're in it right now? Yeah, well, like, nah. Tell and then, us like, more. Wait, then, tell us more. Yeah, but then, like, what's creeping in the back of my brain always, always, always is like, oh, it's not going to last. It's not going to work. It's going to end Like soon. self-sabotage? Yeah. Self-sabotage or, like, you know, trusting my gut and reading, like, the obvious signs while oh, I'm well, choosing that's to important. ignore them. That's scary. Well, because like I'm blinded it's so by the euphoric to do that. moment. Yes, it's so hard to do that. Yeah, like you can't see the glaring flags in front of you when you're blinded by this. Like it's so true. This dream of timeless love. Like when they say love is blind. Oh yeah. There's such a truth to that. It's a great show. Until you out of it and you look back and you're like, oh my god, how did I not see it? And this person is long distance, so there's like moments that yeah. I exist throughout the, the week or the day or whatever where I I think about those things because they're not always around, but yeah. they're around enough. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, God. I'm happy for you, though. I hope. <laughs> Thanks. I hope your is your gut thinking. My gut is, my, honestly, like, I go back and forth between thinking that this is going to be the worst decision I've ever made. Oh, like, the this worst is decision it. because I gotta you're do scared it. you're going to be broken by it? Yeah, yeah. and they're going to totally fuck yeah. me. Oh, Not in a good way. Yeah, so, which way are you talking so, about here? So scary. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. But love is scary. It but, is. But you know what? Nobody's dead. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Love is Blind. You ever watch that show? I don't, actually. Okay, all right, all right. We'll move on from that. <laughs> She's too busy making her own television, Dan. <laughs> right. The fuck kind of question is that? Um, in uh, the, little <laughs> the little teaser for It's Only Love, Nobody Dies, yeah. you put this up here and got the fans going. Who's this? Who's this handsome gentleman? <laughs> whoa, whoa. Who's this guy? I didn't look see at, this. Look at the smile on your face. That's, that's euphoric. This we can, can be spoken about off the record. <laughs> You posted on the internet. It's on your TikTok. <laughs> no comment. Okay. I mean, is it real or is this like a music video shoot? What? I don't know. 
I couldn't tell you. I love the mystery behind it. I, I thank you. I like the mystery. That was the man. intention. How does it make you feel just staring at this? <laughs> How does it make you feel, Dan? <laughs> Jealous, envious. It makes me feel happy. Look at the happiness in, in your smile and your eyes. Well, look, he's actually feeling your happiness. I am. Good. That's what I wanted. This is fan- this is awesome. Thanks. I love that you just took a screenshot of that and put it up on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) We got a snort. Is that DJ laughing? Yeah. (laughs) But also, how'd you pick this this screenshot? Is it not perfect? I mean, what would you have chosen? Can you play the whole thing? Of course I can. I don't know if he's going for your neck or like the cheek. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Uh... I'm glad this lightened up. We were going really deep there for a while. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on. A roller coaster. Let me bring up your. Team. I only talk about this stuff with you, though. <laughs> it's so true. Because it's true. I'm really private. But also, like we've we've had like numerous zooms numerous pent up deep. for. That's uh... true. For two years. <laughs> yeah, like this has just been a long time coming. Long time coming. We got your TikTok. Oh, uh, which one is it again? One, Go up. You, the one with the same exact oh, screenshot. That you literally, <laughs> you literally chose that as the the the, the cover. Nice. Yeah, give us a play by play. Nice biker jacket. We like the fake Ooh, leather. Or real. Oh, look at you. I'm dying. So why don't you explain what's going on here? It's a TikTok. Yeah. And I'm singing. It's only love, nobody dies. And then I'm getting kissed on the cheek. By play who? by play. But is this by a person of the male gender? Okay. Sick. Sick. <laughs> you guys look good together. I don't know if this is like a, like music video energy, if this is real life energy. I don't know if you guys both wear leather jackets together and ride motorcycles together. <laughs> How many times do you think we're going to watch this? I mean, <laughs> a, another 10, I think. <laughs> I mean, he's cute. Not me? No, <laughs> yeah, screw you. <laughs> you both look beautiful. <laughs> you both look... Adorable. We like this. I mean, I have so many questions. I want to know if this is like in the this, this is taken in the timeless phase of love, or like what phase of are we in? Like what chapter? If we were to like put it in the album, it's only love nobody dies. Gosh. So you're reminding yourself of that while you look the most in love. That's what you're doing, right? It's a great picture. Anyway. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. This is the first time we've used the TV since moving into the studio. I am really honored well. that it was used for this screenshot. This is historic. I'm t- this is historic. We're going to remember this. Forever. This is on the record. This is on the record. By the way, please yeah. listen to Sophia Carson's debut album. There's a link in the description below. It is totally worth your time. It is so good. Sugar. I was about to ask if you liked sugar. I love it. I mean, I do like the candy, but I like the song too. I like the candy too. I mean, is this about a rush? Yeah, it's essentially about, I mean, you're probably experiencing this right now. <laughs> Euphoric that sugar you, rush we're, of we're, love. Everything is so good that even a kiss tastes like sugar. <sighs> and that's how I started writing the song. I had wrote like sugar and then I wrote all, a lot of the lyrics and um, I walked into the studio with that idea and I just... It was just so fun writing the song. I love that we lean more into the R&B mm. world on this record, and um, it just feels like the song almost sounds like sugar. Easiest song to write on the album? Like, what just flew? He Loves Me But. Really? I think we wrote it in an hour. Why was that easy? It was very inspired by something that was happening to one of the closest people in my life at the time. They were going through a horrible heartbreak, and I remember her telling me, a lot of the lyrics that are actually in the song. Like, he says it's best to me, but I don't really remember him asking me. Or um, I remember, you know, as you try to make excuses for why they left you, it's like they always say, like, I love you, but I'm not good for you. I love you, but we don't want the same things. And it's like, it's BS. You just don't love me. Well, that so just leave. Wow. So I wanted to kind of write a song for her, and for all of us who've been there, and kind of flip that on its head. Well, because the truth is, like, can you really call it love if there's a butt at the end? You can't. No, you can't. I've been there. It's a hundred percent. It's not love if there's a butt at the end. And so my 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 joke with her is always like, I love you, no butts. Like I love Uh you, no butts. And um, this song is kind of like the celebration of freedom. It's like the song that you sing with your best girlfriends after you've wiped the tears and you're like, I'm fine. Wow. 
This Two is... Tears in a Bucket was also a quick one. Really? Yeah, I wrote that the next day. And it was like the story that happens after he says, I love you, but it's like, you know what? You don't deserve my tears anymore. All you get is two tears in a bucket. So is that story playing in your head after you write the first song? Like, So that's exactly what happened. I wrote the first song, He Loves Me, but with Justin Tranter and Oak Felder and Carol Aids, so they're just incredible. And then the next day I walked in and I was like, hey, we need to write the next part of the story. Like that reminder of when it feels like your whole entire world falls apart and that you can't imagine that there was a life before them or without them it's like that reminder like the hook says there was life before you and there'll be life again and i think it's like wow such a powerful reminder that we all need to hear god this album is attached to my life that makes me so happy that's all i wanted it is that's too much like (laughs) by the way one of the red flags that i've been seeing in this person that i'm like currently in this i hope they're not watching this i hope they are okay i hope you're watching (laughs) yeah yeah, pick up what i'm putting down (laughs) You know, one of the things was like, it started with, I love you, but, and then it went away. The butt started to go away, but I feel like the butt could still come back. Do you get what I'm saying? Totally get what you're saying. So are we just in the, That's I love hard you to face? trust. Hard to trust that the butt sounds funny, but we'll come back. <laughs> it's stressful, Dan. You're lucky, man. You're a 30 year old. He's never been on a date I'm in his life. I'm where Dan is right now though. Yeah. I'm like, I'm Celibate? good. I'm great. I'm good for a while. Yeah. I'm good. Wow. I feel like I know a lot of people right now going through heartbreak. Why would I want to bring that stress into my I, life? I'm like, I'm good. There's enough happening in the world right now. It's true. I also watch people in like relationships and I'm hanging around. I'm like, this does not look fun to me. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> I don't want any part you know of this. I, mean? I wanted to Listen ask you about sugar. Is that a little nod to our friend Harold Styles? <laughs> my oh, favorite ever. I know. I know. Harold. His new album is coming it home. Is. Harry's house. home. Harry's home. Harry's house. Harry's home. Harry's house. Uh, now that May I think 20th. about it, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, Harry didn't make up Sugar High, but you also do Sugar High. I do say Sugar Sugar High. High. I love him so much. He's an icon. Hi, Harry. So are you. I love you. Oh, thank you. You really, you stand for something that is more than just, uh, which I think obviously like you can't force that upon somebody, but you do feel this very natural, organic responsibility to champion this solidarity amongst women. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fair to say. I think it's. Um, just in who I am it's in my heart and um, I try to infuse that in everything that I do and and I do think people who stand for something I mean music can mean so much and it stands for so much especially as people apply it to their own lives and it helps them Mm -hmm. get through their everyday existence but you know standing for something larger than oneself yeah. is important and that's what you do same thing with harry i mean you. you know acceptance and love and kindness yeah. is such a through line to every single thing he ever he does. does yeah it's a bigger the same way like it's you bigger ch- than us yeah 100 percent. but it's because we have voices that are bigger than us do you know what I mean and it's yeah. uh it's something that was given to us nothing that we were born with like we have this privilege of having this voice and um have this platform and I, I believe that it's our responsibility do you see what you have in terms of a career as given to you or worked for oh interesting worked for worked for but I think there is a there is a privilege that comes with that and that is having an audience that is the world you know and um that I consider a, a privilege and, and a, a gift as well and you really when you say the world yeah. you don't f- fuck around when you say the world I mean I can even make the case that something like Descendants was more popular in South America than it was here in the States. And it was incredibly popular here well, in the and States. And in Japan, too. Yeah, like it really you're is. huge in Japan. Yeah, it's I mean, incredible. To the point where like there's its own separate physical release state in Japan. Yeah, it's exactly. Wild. It's wild. It's wild. Um, it's difficult to wrap your head around, but it is the world, which is a blessing. How do you define the word loud? Oh, wow. The word loud. I think the word loud is up to each person to define. You know, I think my way of being loud perhaps isn't yours or my sister's. But for me, being loud means being true to who I am in my heart and fearlessly defending that. Goosebumps. Oh, thanks. What are you thinking, Daniel? You did mention Sophia Carson for president earlier. Like, is that? I think like you mentioned. No, it, to I be said. Honest. Oh, yeah, no, I don't I think said, I brought that up. I yeah, she said, just randomly said. No, I I'm said because there's a friend office. of mine who jokes, but it, it really is a joke. <laughs> Why is it a joke? Like, is that not something you'd want to do? I've never, never considered it. I think mm. my work with UNICEF is, um, you know, what I think is the most important thing that I can do with my voice, and who knows, you know, as, long, as much as I can make change, I will. But um, I'm an artist first and foremost. I don't, I don't think I would get into politics. I don't want to quote Selena Gomez, but I will. Who says you're not presidential? Who says you can't be in movies? Listen to me. I mean, listen to me. Listen to me. 
Look at the president of the Ukraine. <laughs> what, what, he was an actor. Yeah. You're right. That's correct. You're right. Vladimir, an yeah. icon and a hero. I, I mean, truly somebody who has gone on to like, I mean. Uh, a he, hero. He is, he's redefined the word hero. Absolutely. And by the way, like leaders can come from anywhere and anyone. Are you guys really trying to pitch me to, to run for office? I mean, I, am. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just think you're very well spoken. <laughs> That's Thanks, it? Dan. That's all it takes? That's all it requires. You're very Jesus. smart. You're very, cl- remember, I, remember, I think the oh. last time we talked to you, I said you're very classy and elegant. How do you do it? Oh, you're so sweet. Because, does Dan have a crush? Can I, can I not say that? No, you're allowed to. Am I not allowed, allowed to, to nominate say that. someone for the president of the United States of America? Yeah, because it's up to you. <laughs> it's all on your shoulders. It is up to Dan. Now, do you and your sister have a special connection over the song Still Love You? Because you did tweet yes. at her and said our song. Because I think it's the oldest song on the record. Mm. And whenever we get in the car, she asked me to play it. So it's like been like our little secret. Oh. And she's always like, when are you going to release that song? When are you going to release that song? And she always, she would sometimes forget the name, but she would know the melody and she would like, na, 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 and she would sing the melody <laughs> <laughs> or the pre-hook. A couple of days ago, I released the teaser and I sent her like a video of someone on TikTok singing it. And she was like, WTF, I feel like someone stole something from us. <laughs> this is our song, which is like the beautiful part of releasing a song. It's like, it's not mine anymore. Mm-mm. Like now it, it's theirs. It's the world's. Yeah, it's the world's. That is, I mean, that is like, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. And that is really special when you, when you sit with something and something becomes such a part of your daily personal yeah. life. Yeah. To see it out there in the world. It's yeah. Like, yeah. She can't wait. She's like, I can have these songs on my phone on Friday. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me just so happy. By the way, listen to Sophia Carson's debut album. It is called Sophia Carson, and uh, there's a link in the description below. It is more than worth your time. Thank I mean, you, God, phenomenal, phenomenal body of work. Thank you. How did you know it was finished? I knew it was finished when I sat down and I wrote, I guess, kind of a poem, but it was just kind of a, I wrote a piece using all of the song titles from start to finish. And I can say it to you guys if you want, but it's part of the album trailer. (laughs) She's falling for a love that feels like fool's gold, a kiss that feels like sugar. And when they're together, it feels like their love is timeless. Until one day he looks into her eyes and says, I love you, but tears fall down her face like rain, but she holds her head high because he'll never deserve more from her than two tears in a bucket. Even though every part of her wishes that he would just stay because her truth is, I still love you. And every night she looks up at the sky and wonders, como, cuando y donde? Until one day she realizes that she's more than okay because she's loud. And she finds the strength to survive because it's only love. Nobody dies. Wow. Wow. (laughs) How did you even come up with the concept to sit down and try to string them together and create something like that? I always knew that I wanted to do that. I wanted to write a chronological story. And when I knew that I could and it was finished, that's when I knew that the album was finished. When all the titles fit together. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Please listen to Sophia Carson's debut album. What's it called? Sophia Carson. <laughs> Link in the description below. Uh, we've covered a lot here. We have. From UNICEF to your uh, running for president. Got my vote. What do you? What else is on your mind, Daniel? How's uh, what Purple Hearts? Yes. How's that going? It's. I just watched the first cut last week. And. I can't wait to share it with the world. It's. Um, I produced the film. Mazel Tov. Thank you. I wrote the soundtrack for it. God, so presidential. And <laughs> so presidential. The most presidential. <laughs> the most. And um, I actually have been attached to this project for four years now. Wow. Um, I, when I was shooting Pretty Little Liars, The Perfectionist, my director, Liz Allen, she she said it was around Christmas, and she goes, Merry Christmas. Here's a rough script, and let's do this. <laughs> and she wanted me to partner with her to bring this project to life. And I don't know what she saw in me that she believed that I could do this with her in this capacity but she did and I'm so grateful for her and so we embarked on this journey together and I helped develop the script develop the character pitch the movie I wrote the soundtrack with Justin Tranter over the summer filmed it over the fall Whoa. and now it's being edited and will be in Netflix this year wow. yeah <laughs> congratulations thank you that's I mean that's a challenge yes like you've never taken on before like I've never taken on before and I was petrified one, what do you learn about yourself from finishing this album? Mm. And then two, what do you learn about yourself from literally being a part of something as, I mean, as large scale of a production where you were a part of literally every aspect every of the Every aspect movie? of this decision making and the storytelling is that everything you want is on the other side of fear. That fear is the only thing that stops you. And when you overcome that and then you do it, it's the greatest feeling in the world and the growth that comes from that is 
is hard to put into words, I would say, because I was petrified going into this movie. And it was the greatest experience of my life. I was petrified a couple weeks ago when I announced the album. And this has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. And, and yeah, that's what I would say. How do you find the bravery? <laughs> I mean, because some people will look at fear and then they just kind it of succumb you. to it. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you turn around. I think of my mom. My mom always said that in moments like that, when life challenges you, we have a choice to make. We either run or we face it. Mm. And life is so short. And life is lived in moments, and this moment right here, right now, is a gift. So are we going to run away, or are you going to face it? I- I'm no, saying this if it was an run. easy decision. It's not always easy to make, you guys know, because sometimes life is scary. But when you do, it's so worth it. It's true. Yeah. Are we doing music videos for all these songs? All the singles have had um, music videos, and so there will potentially be a music video for the next single, for Nobody Dies. Sick. Yeah. Oh. What? We may meet this man. Do you want to meet this man? I, if he's in the music video, I <laughs> Dan's either jealous or he's very curious. <laughs> I think he's curious. I'm curious as to what, what's it like being a My Little Pony. It's a great shift, great segue, I mean, seamless transition. Pretty good at what I do, you know. Being in My Little Pony is fun. <laughs> it takes it's, a lot of tact and expertise to pull that one off. <laughs> Jesus. It was so cool. We um we recorded over the pandemic. It's this awesome animated movie on Netflix and um it's Kimiko Glenn. Kimiko Glenn, who's hysterical, Vanessa Hudgens, Liza Koshy, oh. um a great, great, great cast. And um yeah, it came out on Netflix. I think it was the number one movie in the world for a couple of weeks, Hell which yeah. is really cool. And fans just fell in love with I play Princess Pip Petals. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Princess Pip. Petals. P- Princess Pit Petals. Princess Pit Petals. Princess Pit Petals. Princess Pit Petals. Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> Princess Pit Petals. Princess Pit Petals. Princess Pit Petals. <laughs> talent. She's really fun. And, um, you know, it was really fun to be a part of it. I also had the theme song of the movie called Glowing Up. And um, Sick. Yeah, it was great. Do you have your own My Little Pony? Like, do you have a figurine of it? I do. Do they sell them? They do. Wow, you can get your own pony in a store. Yes, you can. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Were you a pony that was already existing, or did they make a pony for you? made a new one. Wow. Yeah. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's a big one. It is a big one. I mean, I grew up watching My Little Pony and having My Little Ponies, so when I became one, I was like, this is pretty legendary have the bronies been intense like grown men who love my little pony <laughs> like, What's a brony? they exist they're out there i haven't met them oh but i'm sure they watch the movie or now they're gonna they rear did. their ugly heads <laughs> you watch yourself you bronies are you doing more than one mo- like movie will you be back will you will princess pip battle i mean who knows you know what i did do which is pretty cool do you guys use the calm app oh yeah i yeah. saw you're on there where you can now fall asleep to princess pip pedals on the calm app that's cute. Isn't that cool? I like that. It's calm for kids, so I got to voice Princess Pip and do like a sleep story for kids on the calm app. What cute. if I told yeah. you I already used it? Um, what? I don't know what I would say to that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I haven't. I don't know. Here you are. <laughs> there she is. There you are. If you Can you pull up? Hey, you um, look so good. Thanks. You look beautiful. The resemblance is uncanny. <laughs> Dude, you got another Halloween costume. Now you got two of them. Oh, you're right. Actually, Evie has like three or four. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. At Halloween, actually, this last year, it's been a couple years since Descendants 3 came out. And at the Halloween store, the biggest poster outside, it was like, a, it was like generic costumes, like a ghost, <laughs> a clown. A scarecrow. Evie. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's wild. That is crazy, that's right? That's crazy. But that's, a scarecrow. <laughs> Evie. But there's like a cultural responsibility when you choose to embody something Absolutely. that is, you know, so universally understood so by kids and people. So universally beloved. Yes. It's really a beautiful responsibility, yeah. Gosh, you can't be a bad person to do that. They have to do background checks on people like that, you know? I don't know if they do. They have to. I mean, they know. You're pretty out there. You went to college, though, like a normal person. I always forget that. Like, you went to, yeah, which, do you still live in the neighborhood? Yeah. Do you think college shaped you in a positive way into who you are today? Because a lot of people in your position, if you look back at their histories, they didn't get a chance to do anything of normalcy. And nothing's more normal than college. That's the exact word. I'm so lucky that I had a completely normal life. I mean, I was always working towards this, but fame didn't exist. Celebrity didn't exist. This world didn't exist until I was 21. So I was, you know, a grown woman, obviously. We're still babies at that age, but I wasn't 14 or 13. Less formidable and moldable. Exactly. 
I was 21 years old. I had gone to college for a couple of years. So yeah, my education, I mean, I think that's the reason why it's so important to me to fight for girls' educations, not to go back to that, but you know what I mean? Like I, I understand the privilege and what an education can do to someone. And so um, I always tell everyone that I meet, like stay in school, study hard, stay in school, even if you're in the industry. Why do you think fame came so late? And it's not late. No, but it's like, not. But compare, I mean, some of your to peers and your actors, colleagues. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I owe it to my parents, to my mom, who they wanted to make sure that I was an adult when I made these decisions. And they wanted to make sure that I had a normal upbringing and that I had an education. It was after I was 18 and I moved to L.A. and started going to UCLA that I was able to start auditioning professionally and, you know, recording music professionally, even though I'd started songwriting years and years before. Um, but I'm really grateful for that. It's an amazing story that is like, compared to your peers within the <clears> Disney <throat> space, like, a rare story yeah, that right. doesn't exist. You're right. You're right. It is rare. Sophia Carson. Sag saying. That is the name of her album. Listen to it. Link in the description below. Does this have a name? Uh, you know, there is no name to Cat Pillow, but should it, we name? Is it a she? He? They? It's a they. I don't want to gender the cat. It's it's easily the most famous and valuable thing in this room. It's beautiful. It's like They're I mean, gorgeous. People know the cat pillow before they know Dan and I. Absolutely, that's fair to say. hundred percent. I knew you guys before I knew the cat pillow. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm a most, big fan. Most people know the cat pillow as like uh, like you know people hold it like um, I don't know many famous. It kept me company. It. It's the right shape. It's right? the right shape and the softness. Yes. Wow. You, a lot of people have pet that kitty. Really? I mean, like, yeah. I'm petting greatness, right? Blackpink a few times, Ariana Grande, <laughs> pet the greatness. <laughs> what do you, okay, don't be a freak. <laughs> Sophia Carson. Zach saying. Love and appreciate you very much. I love and appreciate you. I love and appreciate you, Dan. I love and appreciate you. Thanks. Wow. You're so timeless man. and classy. How do you do it? And trust me, that's, none of those words describe <laughs> me <laughs> at all. I love you guys. Congratulations on your debut album. Thank you guys for having me. Really. You're amazing. I love you guys. Thank you. (laughs) Hello there, beautiful human. You made it through our conversation with Sophia Carson. If you want to see it, like the video, all you got to do is go to YouTube, search Zach Sang Show. And please subscribe to our podcast, share with those you care about, hit like, and let us know who we should invite onto our couch next. You got the power. At Zach Zang Show on any form of social media. Okay, please be safe. Hug your family if you can. And don't go to jail. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Peace and love. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Grace Delia, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorostock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herlis. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon.